Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. And today I'm with Chris McCabe and she's in Chicago. And Chris is actually a caregiver to her grandmother. And I know that that's been going on for quite a while. So Chris, and you're still very young. How did you feel when you first, sort of you and your family first decided that you were going to be the full-time caregiver to her? My family was very hesitant. Um, They didn't want me to give up my life in a sense. You know, they thought I was too young and um, I'm single. So they wanted me to still live that kind of life and, and find my place in the world. But I've lived a a great life and and my grandma did everything for me growing up. I mean, I lived with her when I was a teenager for a while when me and my mom were not getting along too well. So she was always my number one. And I felt that it was just no question. It was just what I had to do for her and what I wanted to do for her. Um, But the family was definitely a little hesitant. Uh, Now that it's been about four years and they see the job I've done, everyone is super proud and they're like, we don't see how it could have went any other way. You know, you're her person and and you do a great job. So it took some time. And I don't feel that um, I'm missing out on anything in life because the love that me and her share and the love that I provide and the care that I provide for her is given me a purpose that I can't even explain. It's, it's given me um, everything, you know, <laughs> it's really been an a, a enjoyable, positive experience for me. That's so fantastic to hear. And I want to just say that I'm talking to Chris and she's sitting outside and there is, you might just hear a little bit of banging and that's because there is some work going on in the house that she's she's sitting with. It's actually her yes, sister's my house. Sister's house. A little construction going on, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, so apologies <laughs> if you hear a little banging. Anyway, I'm sure that during those four years, you've had moments of doubt, moments of anger, moments of anguish. Yes, Uh, definitely. In the first two years, I have to say, I I didn't know quite what I was up against. Um, In my mind, in those first early years, I was dealing with my grandmother. I wasn't dealing with the dementia. It took a really long time for me to kind of separate the two. So in the beginning, I was getting frustrated at my gram, like, why are you doing that? Why, Why did you do that? And I would just like ask her, like, why? What are you doing? And After, you know, some uh, caregiver support groups and reading a little bit more, you learn, you learn to separate the two. My grandma's not doing those things. The dementia is doing those things. The Alzheimer's is, is making her that way. So it definitely takes some time. I've learned how to process my own frustrations in those moments. Uh, If it's something that I just feel I cannot handle anymore, I'll take a little step away, breathe for a little bit and remind myself that it's not her fault. She's doing these things and 
there's much bigger problems than putting a dirty dish away when it wasn't clean, you know, like the little things that happen sometimes. I just try to really remember that um, she's lived a full life and she deserves happiness too for the end, you know? And your grandmother is in her 80s, is that right? Yes, she's 83. I just want to backtrack because I love the fact you were able to find some caregiver support groups because that seems to be something overall, certainly where I am and and other people I've spoken to, that seems to be the one major thing that's missing to give people that that support because so many people are thrown into this and uh, there's there's nobody there to sort of like guide them or help them. I mean, even I'm listening to you thinking, that's a very good way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, when when I signed her out of the, the memory care nursing home, there was no like booklet. I didn't get any information. I got absolutely nothing. The doctor pretty much said, good luck. Like they assumed I wasn't gonna be able to handle it. They assumed that this was, they're like this crazy young girl, what is she doing? And, and so really I was on my own and I just, I didn't know what to do. And, I'm in the social media world, you know, millennials. So I just started an Instagram account um, and I was just posting pictures of me and my gram doing our thing while she was living with me. And I noticed these people started messaging me saying, oh, my mom has Alzheimer's or my uncle has Alzheimer's. And it started to become like really therapeutic for me to have these people who knew exactly what was going on. Because a lot of the times people don't really understand all of that Alzheimer's is, it's not just, oh, they forgot who you are. It's mood, it's eating, it's showering, cleanliness. It's every aspect of your life. So yeah, I really started the social media got me going on that role. And then um, I looked into the Alzheimer's Association here and they had support groups. And then I'm really lucky. I, I found a charity called Hilarity for Charity. It's run by an actor, Seth Rogen, and his wife, Lauren Rogen Miller, um, because her mom had Alzheimer's. And this charity, they you, you can apply for a grant to get some respite care for yourself when you're a full-time caregiver. And they also do a lot of, um, they do free support groups, and they'll place you. So um, one of the first support groups I went to I was the only one taking care of my grandparent. A lot of people were taking care of their spouses or their mothers. And I felt like just a little bit out of place. I didn't really, this is my grandma. It's not my mom. So it's a little bit of a different story. They said, you know, we have people who are caring for their grandmas. We'll place you in a, in a care group that you'll feel more um, supported by. And they do that. They, they put you in the right group with the right people. And it really just that little bit of release. Sometimes, you know, if you got to rant or if you got to get some support, hey, I need some help doing this or that. And it's just nice to have that community. I think without it, I wouldn't have lasted this long, really. It's been a lifesaver for me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is so important. As I say, that seems to be the things that that, that are lacking. Um, I know over here, when I say over here in the UK, um, my sister is a full-time caregiver to her husband. So he's he's had Alzheimer's for four and a half years, or at least it's been diagnosed. And uh, obviously very young. And uh, she found it difficult to find support groups who weren't just talking about people in their 80s and 90s yeah it's like nobody considered that you ever got alzheimer's any earlier well you know there are so many people who get it in their 50s and 60s 
Yes, 6%, I think, of all Alzheimer's cases is the early onset. So that's the 50 to 60 age range. Um, and that's something I learned because my great grandma had Alzheimer's. My grandma watched after her while I was a teenager. And I just assumed that it was like for the older people, you know, when you get older, you start to forget. That was what I thought Alzheimer's was. And so really, yeah, the early onset, I, I oh, so young and just losing so much. It's, it's hard. There needs to be more support and more knowledge on it too, I think. Absolutely. You're 100% right. I love that. So I know that you have some good times with your grandma and that she loves doing things. So tell us a bit about how you create those good memories that are going to last with you. Yeah. So um, growing up, my grandma was very hands-on. Uh, she was an artist. She would make me coloring books as a kid. She would uh, sew my outfits and she was always doing my hair. She loved to curl my hair. She would dye my hair, everything. She just loved to take care of us. So um, I try to use the things that I know she used to love in life. Uh, so a few things that we do, she's obsessed with coloring. She can't really draw from her own memory anymore. So I've gotten her lots of coloring books. Um, so she'll color in the coloring books and um, sometimes we'll paint little uh, wooden things I get at the stores and just she's really, really loves it. When she colors, she's so precise. She has to make sure she gets every little corner colored in. Another thing that I really love to do because she loved to do my hair growing up. I got her a little like mannequin head doll yeah, and some I know what bows. You mean. Yeah. And um, so she'll sit there with the little brush and brush the mannequin's doll hair and put bows in her hair. And it just brings her so much joy. Um, aside from like those actual activities that I try to, to get her to do, I still try to make her feel as um, part of the life as possible. So um, dirty dishes I put in the sink, I'll let her wash them. They might not always be so clean, so I'll rewash them, but she doesn't need to know that, you know, like she feels so proud of herself when she sees the empty sink and the dishes on the other side, you know, and even laundry when we're um, doing the laundry, I'll just have her, oh, Mary, put them in the washing machine and she'll put the clothes into the washing machine and then she'll put them into the dryer. She'll help me fold them. She loves to make the bed. So I try, you know, she might need a little assistance and some help here and there. I might need to fix it up, but I try to make it so that she still feels valuable and not that she's being taken care of. I notice that when I say, you know, eat, Mary, eat your food, she's more hesitant to not eat like she. But if I walk away and I go do something, she'll start eating it. You know, she doesn't like to be told what to do. So I really try to make the activities make her feel um, valued. So. so good that's really great thing to do so what tips can you give other people um particularly other people like you who are younger and looking after a grandparent or, or an older person I mean just just you know how can you help them for me I think it's um your mindset and the way you view it. If you are going to go into this saying, my life is over. Oh, I can't do what I want to do. You're, you're not going to succeed. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to feel happy. The person you're caring for is going to not have that same um, love and happiness as well. You, you have to really change your mindset and say, this is the point of time that I'm in. And this is what's happening. What I'm doing is valuable. What you're doing, caring for someone 
it, it, it's amazing. And I have to say, if it is harder for you, I know um, a lot of people, it's hard to control your thoughts and your mind. I think also there are different situations and some people, you know, are thrown into a situation where they might have to care for a parent or someone. And that parent hasn't been a necessarily a, a great parent. They might have been abusive. They might have been uh, sort of ill for almost all that that person's childhood and not treated them very nicely. So there could be a lot of feelings of, well, you've been horrible to me. Why do I now have to look after you? So each case is different. I Everyone's know. different. Yeah. yeah. I have to say I ran into that. So um, for a short period of time during COVID, we moved in with my mother and I love my mom. My mom loves my grandma, but they didn't always have a good relationship. And so the dynamic between the two of them for those few months, it was not only hard for me, hard for my mom, hard for my grandma, just the, the dynamic was so difficult. So um, my mom finally learned after a lot of time processing that that's not the same person, you know, and, and, and as hard as it is, she's still helping. And so my mom's really taken a step back and said, you know, this is the life that she's led. She's a human being too. And I can't be so angry at her anymore. So it's really just kind of processing those feelings. Again, everyone's different. I have to say some situations are a lot harder. You know, I, I don't think my life is easy per se, but I have to say that I'm fortunate that my grandma is who she is and has always been that bubbly person to me that we can still have that kind of banter back and forth. Um, so I know everyone's situation can be a lot harder and a lot different, but some more advice that I would give is try <laughs> to find support and, and know that you're not alone. Um, lean on people, ask for help. I know that's one of the hardest things to do is say, Hey, I, I really need, you know, some time or I need this, or could you make me dinner tonight? Cause I'm, my hands are full don't be afraid to ask for the support. And if you don't have the support from family, um, reach out. Like I said, those organizations, they, there are some out there um, that will provide you um, respite care or that will provide you um, just a group to talk and let out your feelings. It's, you know, that's really all I can say is you have to just try, <laughs> you know? Totally, totally. Well, Chris, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. And thank you so much for your advice and your knowledge. Um, you know, you, you've got so much experience in, you know, even in within your kind of younger years that people <laughs> at my age, you know, I'm in my 60s and starting to be a caregiver. And I really am. am it's true. I haven't been doing it for as long, but I have to learn a lot from what you just said. So oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, you, we only got one life. So no matter what we're doing and what we have going on, we have to make the best of it. So um, no matter what's thrown your way, you got to try to conquer it. Absolutely. 100%. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Lovely oh, to You're chat. so welcome. You as well. Take care. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.